Learn how to build your faith in God's word and live a life of 100% victory 100% of the time. As you listen to the senior pastor, Davis Christian Center, Pastor Kingsley Okunkwo, and expect God's word to work for you. Father, we thank you. We dedicate this month to you. We decree the month of November is blessed. Thank you because we will hear only good news. We are divinely exempted from every evil. We are divinely included for every good. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Come on one more time. Give the Lord a shout. Glory to God. Please take your seat. Hallelujah. All right. Um, One of my daughters got married during this week. Hallelujah. Uh, For me, it was a very, very special thing. Uh, She, I hope she's here now. Because from last week, when she... She's on her way. So, she was literally a child when she started coming to this church. It's a special thing for me, um, you know, to watch her get married. She was a child when she started coming to this fellowship then, or church then, many, many years ago. So, do we have this thing? What one to play? Her own, the one for... So that's that she was a baby. Son, patience, and David. It didn't work out. I appreciate them. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. She's my daughter, daughter. She was literally a baby when she started coming to this church. Do, do you remember when you started coming to this fellowship? Do you remember? I remember the date. Right now, I was in JS1. You were in JS1. Do you remember how old? When you were in JS1? It's not less than that. She, she, say, say, the, say the age you were. I was 
was 13. She was 13 years old when she started coming to this fellowship. And today, she's a married woman. 13 years old. And I want to appreciate Dukwe. Dukwe, please come. Dukwe has been uh, kind of mentoring her. And it's a special day for me. So if I cry, don't be surprised. More than a celebration. So um, Dukwe has been like a, like a mother to her, really, um, all these years. You know, Dukwe too has literally been in this church forever. She was... She was there from my parlor uh, till now. Yes. <laughs> she too is also married with, uh, is it children now or sister? Second one is on the way. With decree twins. Where's GD? Twins. I release grace for twins. Receive it. <laughs> so she, she literally, you know, was like a mother to her all these years too. So, you know, because. Um, in church, most times people know me, the pastor, but I'm not the one that does the pastoring. There are usually people like this, like Dukwe and a lot of other people here like that, that actually do the mentoring. Uh, all these people you are seeing, like Minister Shugo, I always hear of all the places you go, all the times you are the one settling one case or going. So I hear those things, even though I don't tell you all the time. But there are many, there are many of you, you know, I hear. So most people know me as the pastor, but I'm not really the pastor of this church. It's people like this and all of you that take care of other people as their new members and newcomers. So please clap for yourselves too. And all the other ministers and pastors in this church, I appreciate you. I, I see all the good work you do. And this is part of the blessing of ministry. You are watching your, your children or people you have invested in actually grow. And she too, she will now start having children. You know, how old are you now? Don't tell anybody. It's been me. Okay. She's older now. <laughs> but she started coming at 13. And this, my son, this guy is a great guy. If you know him, yes. If you, if you, if you know him, you know. He's such a wonderful person. So, um, you know, you know, Abby? People that know him know. Yeah, so uh, God blessed you. Patience was just a good man. You need to know that. And you too, good man. God bless you. Such a good woman. Um, I love you guys. I have one small check for you guys. I'll give you later. You know. Love you guys. You guys are wonderful. I love you. And um, keep doing the good work. They're both in the choir. I hope their singing will not reduce <laughs> now that they have other things to attend to. You know, but God bless you, patience. I'm happy for you. It will be a sweet year for you. Um, marriage will be a sweet journey for you. Your own will be a marriage of testimonies. A marriage that will inspire other people in the name of Jesus. Every blessing of marriage will be attendant in your home. You will have as many children as you want. You will have prosperity. You will have cars. You will have houses in the name of Jesus. And just like the Bible says, when he that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor, I release a new and heavier dimension of favor upon the both of you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Please clap for them. Clap for them. Thank you. Thank you. So, their, their wedding was on Thursday, Thursday or Friday. was on Friday. So, but they are still collecting gifts. So if you, if you want to send them money, send them checks, please just reach out to them and be a blessing. Come on, guys. Let's appreciate the Lord. All right. Please. All right. Bring out your phones. We'll stu- we're starting a series today titled Pulling the Plug. So bring out your phones quickly. 
Um, DJ, put the thing on the screen. Bring out your phones, everybody. Be fast. I hope you have that. I hope you're not using Glow. Um, Auntie Glow, give me endorsement. I'll be having them everywhere I go. Go and tell them. She'll give me endorsement. It's not only entertainers that can. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, bring out your phones. I want you to answer this question. What gives you anxiety or stress? What gives you anxiety or stress? Um, use one word. So, go to your browser. Put menti.com. That's the code. And write your answer. It's totally anonymous. Nobody knows it's you. So even if your husband is what's causing you stress, he won't know you're the one that typed it. It's anonymous. Nobody knows. All right? So please just write in one word. So if it's, if it's money, don't use finance. Let everybody use money. Just type. You type one word. Please type only one word. Now, if you have... If you have um, please listen while we're doing it. It's a serious exercise. I know they have typed for anything. It's a serious exercise. So it's not a joke. So um, if you have more than one thing that gives you anxiety or stress, you can write them. Don't write it as one sentence. Write it as different things. But one, one word. One, one word. Okay? One word. Anything that gives you anxiety or stress. One word. Everybody, please participate, please. If there are more than one, if you have three things that stress you out, write them, you know, point by point. But let everything be one, one word. So if it's money, if it's your future, if it's, if it's finance, use money. So that we won't use two different words. You know, um, if it's marriage, if it's your relationship, if it's your children, kids, you know, things like that. But one word each. Please, everybody. Miss, uh, you're not doing it. Do now. Glow will work. Glow works here. <laughs> Have you done? Mike, you did it in the first service. Even if you did the first service, you can do it again. It's okay. Please type, we want to get to at least 500 before we stop, so I need you to type. Even if you did in the first service, you can do it again. All the people up here, you're not doing no. You can't see. Ah, no network. Okay. Femi, people, some people on this side, they're not seeing. So we have to find a way in the future, not now. But those of you that can see, please participate. Some people are not even doing anything. You don't have phone. You, it's you I'm talking to. You know how you use it. Yes. Do now. You don't, you don't have. It's not charged. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's okay. It's okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just having fun. All right. Good, 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 good. Nobody knows this is anonymous, so don't worry. Some people are saying, my husband is here. If, we, if I type you, no. no. That's right. Nobody knows this is you. Thank you for cooperating. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. Why are you laughing? Eh? That's two words. Use one word. So, don't use Niger politics. Just say politics. It's okay. We know it's Niger one. Use one word. Somebody said there's money really. <laughs> All right. Uh, we stop. Let's stop at 800 then. Okay, no, at... Uh, okay, 800. Let's be fast. If you want to join us, quickly join us. I'll stop at 800 and get it. Quickly, 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 quickly. Uh, okay. All right. We have to stop here for... 
So, um, now the way it works is that the more people press, use a particular word, it gets bigger. So, the biggest words here are what? Money. What else? Nigeria. Marriage. Failure. Future. Um, where's Bwari? Oh, Bwari, okay. All right, Bwari is big. Go. All right. Okay. All right. So these are things basically that give us stress or give us anxiety as a people. Our future, money. Money, money is always a major deal. Nigeria, definitely. Marriage, yes, for many people. Okay, second question I want to ask. If this world will end in one week or in one month, or if you pass on in one week, you will not die in Jesus' name, but assuming that you, you, you pass on in one week, what you are worried about, will it matter? The thing you are worried about, will it really matter to you or to anybody else? Will it matter, you know, if you have just one week or one month to live, will it matter? Will it matter? Will it matter? Okay. We're going to stop this one at 2.50 or so. If you are doing quickly, do and join us. All right. All right, I think we can. Okay, 250. Let's get to 250. But I think we'll get the idea generally. Um, all right. Thank you. The point here, guys, is that a lot of things we are worrying about, they don't really have long-term impact in life generally, or especially as regards our eternity. It doesn't have long-term impact. And this whole month, we're talking about pulling the plug on the things that cause us, you know, stress, anxiety, fear. We need to pull the plug on anything causing us fear, anxiety, and stress. Hallelujah. So let's start from our text scripture, Matthew chapter 6. What does God think about our anxieties, stress, depression, the things bothering us. What does God think about it? What does God think about the things bothering us? What does God think about it? Matthew 6, 25. I want us to read the first sentence together. Everybody, one, two, go. Take no thought for your life. Stop there. Ready to read again. One, two, go. Did you see that? The first instruction there is, don't even think about your life. They don't mean, don't think in terms of projections. What they are saying is that don't worry about your life. Take no thought for your life. I mean, this is one of the biggest sentences or instructions I've seen in Scripture. As in, God says, don't think about your life. I mean, most of us spend the whole of our lives thinking about our lives. Are you here, somebody? We spend the whole of our lives worrying about our lives, and God is saying, don't even do it. Take no thought for your life. 
Take no thought for your life. Don't worry about your life. Don't think about your life. Why? He said, take no thought for your life. What you shall eat or what you shall drink or for your body, what you shall put on. That's basically all the things we wrote. Money, future, Nigeria is all inside this thing. He said, don't think about it. Don't, don't worry about it. He said, um, um, is not the life more than food? That is, is life not more than your, you having money? Is life not more than you eating and wearing clothes? He says, and is the body not more than raiment? He's saying the things that are bothering you are so small compared to what life is really about. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? He's saying the things you are worrying about are small compared to what life is about. He said, take no thought for your life. That's such a big deal. Take no thought. Let me tell you, neighbor, take no thought for your life. Can you imagine that? I mean, if some people actually obey this instruction, they will literally have nothing to do in their whole life because they spend their whole life worrying about their life. If you take this from some people, they have nothing to do again because that's all they do every day, worrying, worrying, worrying. Most of us know that lying is a sin. We know that fornication is a sin. We know that being intoxicated with drugs and alcohol is a sin. We know all those things are sins, but many people don't know worry is a sin. A sin is any time you disobey God. Anytime you are doing something God said not to do, it is sin. And one of the things God has said clearly throughout Scripture, and throughout the course of this month I will show you all that, throughout Scripture God has said, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about it. It's one of the biggest sins that most human beings commit. But they don't even repent from it because they don't even know it's a sin. It's a sin to worry. Now, you need to understand. When you worry about your life, you are actually insulting the person that has promised to take care of you. How many of you heard the news recently that America came to rescue one of their citizens in the north? You understand that? You see, the average American, if you are harassing him or want to arrest him or anything, one of the things he will tell you is that, I'm an American citizen. He knows what that means, and he knows you to know what that means. That if you malhandle me, if you treat me anyhow, the full force of my country is going to come on you. If you're a Nigerian, <laughs> and they kidnap you, just say, where should I lie down? He said, here, he's here, okay. Because... He ain't going nowhere. He said, so you see, if an American can have so much confidence in their government, why won't you have confidence in your God? When you worry, you are actually insulting the person that is in charge of your life. You are saying you don't trust what he can do and that he will do what he said he would do. It's one of the things that make worry a sin. He said, take no thought for your life. It's a vote of no confidence on God when you worry about your life. See the the next verse. He said, behold, look at the fowls of the air. That's birds. Look at birds. He said, for they sow not. It basically means they don't have farms. You know, in those days, most people were farmers. He was saying they don't plant, they don't reap. They don't even have barns where they put their things. He said, yet your heavenly father does what? Feed them. He said, are you not of much value than birds? They are saying, look, 
If birds can sleep and wake up without having a job, without having savings, and they are doing fine, why are you worried about yourself? Are you not of much value than them? See the next verse. He said, which of you, by taking thoughts, can add what? One cubit. He said, your worry is not going to add anything. As in, it's not going to make any difference. This, your worry is adding no value. You are just being anxious for nothing. It's not changing anything. Don't walk up yourself. Don't stress up yourself. It's not going to change anything. See the next verse. He said, and why take you thought for clothes? He said, consider the lilies of the field. How they grow. He said, they toil not, neither do they what? Spin. He said, the lilies, they don't, they don't have their own sewing machines. They don't have anything to get money. He said, look at the next verse. He said, and yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed or dressed like one of these. See the next verse. It says, wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? He said, O ye of little faith. Next verse. It says, therefore, take no thought, saying to yourself, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? That, this is a big challenge. It's a big instruction. God is saying, don't even worry about what you eat for lunch. He said, where would that shall be clothed? He says, next verse, he says, for after all these things do the Gentiles, people that don't have a relationship with God, this is what they look for. He said, but your heavenly father knoweth that you have need of what? These things. See what he said there. They said, don't, he said even the birds of the air, they don't go to work. They don't have a job, a paying job. They don't have savings account. We said in the first service that savings and investments are good things. Definitely. It makes sense. However, if you have not yet, you know, properly arranged your relationship with God and money, the tendency is that you will worship savings and investment. The problem with that is that savings and investments, the beauty of it is to save more and invest more. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. The beauty of saving is to save more. The beauty of saving is not spending. Somebody gets what I'm saying? The beauty of saving is not spending. The beauty of saving is what? Saving. So if I save now, the, way, the best way to continue is to what? Save more. If I invest now and the return comes, every great financial day will what? Invest it. Say, hey, when that one comes, what will happen? Invest it. There's somebody that did that same thing. And let's see how the person ended. Luke chapter 12. Because that's what saving is about. Those of you that love saving so much, you discover that anytime your money reduces, that's why you hate anything to reduce your money. Are you somebody getting what I'm saying? I'm not against saving. I believe in saving. Saving is good. But I'm just trying to say that, look, God was trying to get your mentality to be right. Because if your mentality is not right, you will begin to worship the savings. That's why it pains me. I get angry when I hear people say things like, oh, there's a billionaire I know. He has the same old car he has since he started. He flies economic class. I said, what's doing? He's, he's saving his money for, 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 for who? For what? So that he can invest more. Uh-huh. When, in, what happened after that? He will investigate. Okay, yes, good. When? 
I, I, I don't clap for somebody that is a, he says a billionaire. He has only the same car. He has 98. Okay, good. The money you are saving. You see, you are spending life, but you are saving money. I'll say it again. You are spending your life, but you are saving money. That means you value that money more than yourself. You want to preserve the money. Not knowing... <laughs> let's, let's read this thing. The re- let, and let me say this before we read this parable. Let me say this. The reason you are stressed and anxious is that you even think that your life is your own. That's the first problem. You are worrying over another person's property. You are not your own. If somebody gets what I'm saying? You are not your... You don't even own yourself. Why are you worrying? You are worrying because you think you are responsible for your life. You are not responsible for your life. You are not, you're, you're not your own. As in, you don't belong to you. I know somebody's getting what I'm saying. You don't what? Belong to you. None of you knew when you came. You just found yourself here. Am I correct? In fact, you even found yourself here after many years you've existed. Because when you were a baby, you didn't even know you were here. And the day you also disappear, you will have no part to play in it. Except, of course, you commit suicide. You are not your own. So, the, the reason why people are anxious is that they think they even own a life to worry about. It's not your life. You are not the owner. You are not the owner. They, 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 showed, they taught this guy this lesson I'm teaching you now. They taught this guy. Let's see. <clears throat> and Jesus was just speaking. He just spoke a parable unto them saying, the ground of a certain rich man. Now, please take note. Um, uh, it's important that you understand. He says, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth what? Plentifully. So this guy got some breakthrough. He entered the trap that we all enter as human beings. See the trap. Next verse. And he taught within himself, saying, what will I do now? My first salary, my first breakthrough, my first payment, my first income, my first dividend, my first interest has come in. What shall I do now? Because I don't have enough room where to keep all my fruits. I told you about savings and investment. There's a trap in it. Next verse. He said, and he said, this will I what do. I will pull down my present storehouse and build what? Greater. And do what? I will put my next goods there. Who can tell what he will do when the next goods also grow? What's the next thing he will do? That's the trap of savings. I'm not saying you should not save. Don't get me wrong. Go. We've done full teachings on the importance of investments and savings. You need to do that as a human being. But you, your heart must first be censored. If your heart is not censored, you will be falling into the trap every human being falls into. Most human beings are saving their money, but they are spending, they are spending their lives. It's because they, are even, they have the assumption that their life is even their own. That's why they think the money is their own. If you know your life is not your own, then you know even the money is not yours. Let's continue. It says, and I will say to my soul, this is the guy still talking. He said, I will say to my soul, so, this guy is a mad person. So I will say to my soul, so, thou hast much goods laid up for what? And this is what most people want. Most people think I will only get peace when I have a lot of money that I can never finish spending. This, this is everybody's dream. This is why the person is saving and saving and saving and investing and investing and investing. This is it. They want to get here where they can, they can they, they will get, where they will never worry about money again. He says, I'll take, I'll, I have good little many years. Take thy ease. Eat. Drink. And what? 
You see, this is the challenge. This, this is the things God doesn't want. He doesn't want you to have money just for having money. He, the purpose for the money is what matters. And the purpose of the money would have been manifesting even before you get to this stage. Many people, many people don't give. They don't tithe because I say, you know, when I'm very rich, I'll start giving. No, you are not among the people they're talking to. You will end up like this. So the reason I want to have money is so I can eat, drink, and be married. I can travel to wherever I want to go. I can buy anything I want to buy. That, that, that's the reason you want to have money. See what's happened. Next verse. But God said to him, Thou what fool. Because some people get angry when pastors call people fool. No. God is the champion in calling people fool. Go and read throughout the Bible. Read throughout the Bible. God is the champion in that one. Oliver, you will say, the fool says in his heart there is no God. This one, God said, thou fool. He says, this night thy soul shall be what? Required of thee. He said, then whose shall those things be which you have what? Provided. What was he trying to say? He was saying, look, the soul is not your own. When I take the soul, you will not, what will you do with the money? That's what he's saying. The money is not yours. Because even your life is not yours. You are not the owner. They can require it now, now. They can demand back the soul they gave you today. Now, you will not die in Jesus' name. Don't get me wrong. But it's just the reality. They, at the beginning of October, many people didn't know October 1st. They didn't know they were not going to see November 1st. Many people. You don't know when they will require your soul. So if you are living your life like you want to save all your money, invest in your money, they might call you back suddenly. So you need to live every day like it's your last day. This doesn't mean you should not invest and save. Please don't get me wrong. I have to keep sounding that. So I'm not talking about frivolity or wasting your resources. That's not what I'm talking about because a lot of people that live like that. But I'm just trying to say your mentality has to be right. Your soul is not yours. So the reason you are bothered and worried is that you think your soul is yours. Your children are not yours. If your life is not even yours, then I don't have to be mentioning specifics. Nothing you have around you is yours. All of them, the moment they require your soul, the rest are useless to you. They might be important to some other person, but to you, they are useless. And that person, it seems important to, it will also be taken from him too. I don't know if somebody gets what I'm saying. My children are not mine. They have their own lives to live. I'm just here as a mentor. I'm the official designated mentor. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? The reason you are stressed is that you think your life is your own. Your life is not your own. You have no business worrying about another person's property. Somebody get what I'm saying? Do you have a neighbor that has a car? Have you ever worried about his car before? Hey, I never served it. Never served it. Have you worried about his car before? That's how it is when you're worrying about your life. It's not yours. There's somebody, he said, casting all your cares upon the Lord, for he's the one in charge of you. That's what that scripture really means. He said, casting your care, First Peter 5, 7, casting your care upon the Lord because you have a caretaker. You have somebody in charge of your life. Casting all your cares upon the Lord because he's the one responsible for you. He cares for you. Why are you worrying about your future? Somebody said, but what should I do? Does that mean I should not do anything? No. What it means is that you will take Steps only as guided by the Lord. Like I said, we're going to study this all through this month. You will take steps only as guided by the Lord. Not that you won't walk. But you see, you are not walking because you think that walk is the source of your life. That's the difference. You are not emotionally attached 
as if this is where my life ends and this is where my No. You understand that there's more to life than meat, than raiment, than this money. You are not saving and investing that money. You see, that is why, because we're still doing a church project in our own church. So that is why when, when there are people that have loads and loads of money saved up and invested and they can't give, it means something is saying them the money is their own. It's not your own. In fact, the reason why people still find it hard to give is that they think that they are giving God their money. No, you are giving God his money. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? You are giving God what? His money. If I give Pastor Jethro, come, let's do it again. If I give you my face towel, I give you. Then later I say, give me back. Is he paying you? It's, not, it's never your own. What's paying you? <laughs> Thank you, you can sit down. So when, when you don't pay tithe, for instance, that is the mentality wrong with you. Something in you thinks you have money that God wants. No. When you pay tithe, what you're saying is that, God, I remember that none of this is mine. I remember you are my source. I remember you are the owner. And I'm also, I'm also saying that, look, my soul is not tied to this money. No money lives here. No money lives here. You, you, you can give it to God in worship or you give it to your baba, your tailor, the suya man in your streets. You give it to data company. Those ones too, they can't take it out. They too will give the car company, the staff. The money will keep passing here. There's nobody that owns it. I don't know if you're going to what I'm saying. All the money we are spending, eh, generations after us, they spent it all. And they left. You too, you are going to leave. And you won't take one, not even one naira. The Bible said you came here empty. That's how the Bible said in First Timothy. That you came here empty and you're going to live here. In fact, the way he said is that you came naked. So they will even let, you will even go with your cloth. By the way, whoever gave me this cloth, thank you. I like it. I don't know your name. Thank you for touching me this cloth. Somebody made this cloth. But I can't take it as much as I like it. Do you understand? They say, naked did you come? DJ, find that scripture for me. Naked did you come? Say, they won't even let you take your cloth. How much more your, 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 your ATM card? Say, have, I've invested. <laughs> I saved. So you need to live your life like it's a currency because that is what it is. He said, I said, naked came I out of my mother's womb. No, I'm talking about is in Timothy. The one I'm talking about is in Timothy. And naked shall I return it. Okay, but it's the same thing. It's the same thing. But basically, same thing. It's just saying, I came naked and you will, you, I will live naked. So you must live your life knowing, look, I'm not even the owner of my life. I'm not the owner of this money. I'm not the owner of my skills. I'm not the owner of my resources. I must always use it. Yes, this is it. For we brought nothing to this world and it is certain. It is certain. We will carry what? God told that guy, thou fool. He said, thou fool. He said, today, your soul will be required of you. It's not your own. They say, return it. It's like when you, when you get a job, Neka is HR now, when the company gives you laptop, as you resume the job, the day they sack you, they're going to say what? Our laptop is required. That's how anything you have now is. The day they call you, they will collect everything. Plus your soul. Return it. The soul is not even yours. Thou fool. He said, tonight, your soul is required. 
said, all these things you are saving and saving. And saving is not bad. But you must put things in the right order. God first. And whatever he wants you to do first. That's how you remove anxiety and stress. You are worrying because you even think your life is your own. Your life is not your own. It's somebody else's responsibility and that person is God. And your ability to rest and sleep. When I mean rest, I don't just mean physically. Your ability to rest in God is the sign that you trust that the person in charge is capable. Are you here, somebody? If you are still staying awake and hustling and troubling, then you don't trust the person in charge. And that's why many people never see God's provision. I'll end with this last scripture. Today is just intro. We'll continue all this as we go on. But let me end with this last scripture in this service. Psalm 127. He said, except the Lord build the house. He said, they do what? They labor in vain that build it. He said, except the Lord keep the city. The watchman, what? Wicked but in vain. Next verse. He said, it is in vain for you to do what? Rise up early and to do what? Sit up late. He said, to eat the bread of what? Sorrows. So, he giveth his beloved what? Sleep. Give me the TPT translation. What they are saying here is not that God gives you um, sleep as in you will not be dozing. No. What they are saying is that God gives you while you are asleep. So, the principle is that the less you hustle, the more God can do. How many Christians will never enjoy this because they love their hustle? They will say, ah, it doesn't make sense. You, the way you hustle, the way you eat. What that means is that if you want to eat more, you will hustle more. And it's the same trap that that guy, that fool, entered. That's why today, many men don't have a marriage. They don't have a family because they were hustling. They wanted to get more money. It's a trap. There's no money that is enough money. Ask Jeff Bezos or what's his name. The more money you make, the more money you need to make. <laughs> See, the guy that has 900 million, eh? He will get anxiety the moment his 900 million turns to 899 million. He will get anxiety. The beauty of saving is more saving. That's how it works. It's a trap. You're, I know you already know. The beauty of saving is more saving. The beauty of saving is not less saving. It's more saving. This guy showed us that we build my bars. I will break it and put more. What will I do again? I'll break it. If you have 50 million, you, you won't be happy if you don't have 51 million. The moment your 50 million becomes 49 million, panic will see that you are back to anxiety. So what they're really saying, see what they're really saying? They're saying, if it is really senseless to work so hard from early morning till late at night, toiling to make a living for fear of not having enough. Do you see? He said, the reason you're hustling is because fear that you don't, want, you don't have enough. He said, God can provide for his lovers even while they sleep. That's what they're saying. They're saying, look, if you can rest and trust God, he will work faster. Because he can't walk while you are walking. Both of you can't be on the, on the, in the ring at the same time. He's tagged him. You tag him, you go out. And this doesn't only affect money. It covers every other area. I'm, I'm going to touch on most of these areas. Your money, your future, Nigeria and all that. Because those are things that are causing most people here at least anxiety. You are worrying about things you have no business worrying about. You see, you're, you're, you're anxious whether there will be traffic or not. It doesn't make a difference. If you worry, traffic will not disappear because you're worrying. 
You see, but the more you trust God and say, Lord, hey, I need to get me to where I'm going. I need to sort this out. He will, he will either supply you the ideas or start working on your behalf. That is how it works. So I'm not talking about laziness, but I mean, when you trust God, he starts to guide you how you will get a better life, a stress-free life. And he wants to give you that because he's in charge of your life. The life is not your own, it's his own. He needs you to give it back to him. That's why we give our lives to Christ. We give it back to him and say, hey, Lord, I was the one controlling this car, but I think you would do a better job as the driver. Are you here, somebody? I think you'll do a better job. Whenever I see people's lives crash, it wasn't God that was driving. They were the drivers. But imagine if God is the pilot of your life. That plane can never crash. We saw the few times when Jesus was in a boat and there was turmoil. The Bible said Jesus was sleeping in the boat. Why was he sleeping? Because he knows he could not die. See, if Jesus is in your boat, your boat can't sink. Can't can't. And even if the boat is determined to sink, Jesus can walk on water. He will carry you. Are you here, somebody? David said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. I shall not be afraid. The Lord is the strength of my life. Say, whom shall I be afraid? Of whom shall I be afraid? It's my light and my salvation. Salvation means my savior. It says, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Do you see this? So of whom shall I be afraid? Hallelujah. He's the captain of our salvation. He's the anchor of our soul. He's our redeemer. He's the glory and the lifter up of our heads. That means there will be no shame your life will end in glory. Are you here, somebody? But you have to trust him. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Glory to God. Are you ready to leave the steering wheel today? Let him drive. Let him drive. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. He's our redeemer. He's our king. They say he, he moves the cloud like a cotton. Can you imagine a God like that? That can push the cloud like cotton in the house. The cattle upon a thousand hills are his. He holds the whole earth in, in his hands. He's the one that told the oceans to stay where they are and they remain there. The heavens is his throne and the earth is his footstool. Can you imagine how long his legs are? He's the only wise God. How can you have such a person and you are anxious about this, your one life? Do you know how many lives he manages? You are worried about this, your own one, small one. He lives in eternity. In eternity, there's no past, there's no present, there's no future. He's not bound by time. Today is today for him, forever. Do you understand? What you call tomorrow is still his own today. 
He's the only one that can go to the past or go to the future. He's the ancient of days. He wasn't just there in the beginning. He's the beginner that began the beginning. Can you imagine a God that has already written about the end? How can you write about the end? It's because the end has existed already. Somebody understand? You can't write something that has not happened. It has happened. We were the ones catching up to his own reality. So when he sees you being anxious about what you will eat and what you will drink, he'll say you are insulting my person. That these birds, they are useless to me. He said, yet, because I'm a generous God, I still feed them. Have you met any bird that came to complain about accommodation to you? Bird just came to the window and said, things are tough, no accommodation. He said, these birds, they are useless. These birds, they have no value. Yet, I feed them. They have no work, no savings, no investment, no stocks, no bonds, but I still feed them. He said, are you not of much value than they? Birds. He said, these flowers, today they are here, tomorrow they are perished. They have no meaning. Say, yet I still give them color. Say, even Solomon, that was a king, that had a kingly apparel. I know, if you know anything about Solomon in the Bible, you know Solomon was a bad dude. Dressing in the key. But they say, even Solomon in only his bath up. It's not as these flowers. I still clothe these flowers. So why won't I clothe you? Is somebody getting this? Take no thought for your life. The life is not even your own. So say with me from today. I will not worry about my life. Because the life is not my own. I will leave it to the owner. To worry about it. I cast all my cares to the Lord because he cares for me. I cast my financial cares. I cast my career cares. I cast my political cares. I cast my family cares to the Lord because he cares for me. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. If you are here, you are a born again Christian. Every time you spend your tithe, what you are telling God is that, look God, I have more faith in this money than I have in you. That's what it means. Every time we bring it, we are saying, look, this money can meet all my needs and it was never mine. Lord, I would rather drop this money for you and trust you to meet my needs. That's what you do. I'm going to take one full Sunday and teach about it because money is one of the highest ranking things here. People wonder why we teach about money in church because people's problems usually tied to this. This is it. And if you're a member of this church, you know that our messages, DJ, bring that thing back. Most of our messages center around those things because that's what people are going through. And God doesn't want you to worry about anything. I pray for you today. Can we bow our heads and raise our hands? I pray for you today that God will start to show himself strong on your behalf in the name of Jesus. All the areas you've been worrying and stressing about before, from today, you will see the mighty hand of God in the name of Jesus. 
as you receive grace not to worry or stress anymore, you will see God showing up for you in the mighty name of Jesus. The more you rest, the more he does. The more you sleep, the more he does. In the name of Jesus. I cancel that spirit of hustling. I cancel that spirit of stress. In the name of Jesus. This week, receive help from God. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. We know you've been blessed by this message. To order a copy of this message or any of our messages, you can call us on 080-777-144-11 or 080-777-144-12 or you can visit our website on www.davidschristiancenter.org David's Christian Center, home of victorious people.